How big is my way, Jamie? Great, Scott. I still need the need for speed. Come on, you dude. You're a wizard, Harry. Welcome to the When Harry Met Movies podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Harry Met Movies podcast. My name's my dad. Hi, Harry. How are you? Good. I sound very out of breath then. Hi, sir. I don't know. I'm just excited for the podcast. Yeah. Just in the microphone for the watchers, they'll see me doing it. Dad, I literally gave you time before to prepare. So why, why I'm doing this, why didn't you tell the listeners and watchers all about our show? Basically, Dad's made films from his childhood and we, and we review them. Yes, yes, we do. So, this is a very special one because this falls, this will come out for every year we try and do a Robert Williams film, as he's our favourite. Rest in peace. Um, and instead of doing it on his on the anniversary of his death, we do it on the anniversary of his birthday. Yeah, which people celebrate that, and so it's like. Yeah. So. Why? This year's film is. Good morning, Vietnam. Yes, yeah, that's right. So, how do we start the podcast? Um, I I changed that with a number of sentences to re- tell the story. Okay, so it came out in nineteen eighty seven. How many are you going to give me? Hot Tower 7, 3.5. Yeah, mm-hmm. 3.5. Adrian Cronow is... Oh, let me start again. No, that's one. Good morning. Now it's the story of Adrian Cronow. It's based on a... Relatively based on a true story. He's a radio DJ shipped into Vietnam to help inspire and motivate the troops and cheer them up. And it doesn't all quite go to plan. No. So, we always like to do a few bits of facts, of facts about the film, just to get us in the mood for it. Yes. So, have a few numbers and ideas. So, came out in 1987, it's just over two hours long, um, it's set in 1965, the budget was £13 million and it made £123 million. £13 million? No, not really, not, but then it's not a lot. No, like, how much money it made, that's a lot. Like, I suppose it did, yeah, it did quite good numbers. Um, the top five films that year were Three Men and a Baby, F- Fatal Attraction, Beverly Hills Cop 2, Good Morning Vietnam, and Moonstruck. So it was fourth, which is quite decent. Are we going to review any of those films that film? We've done Three Men and a Baby. Um, maybe Beverly Hills Cop 2, maybe. We'd have to do the first one first, obviously. Um, a few little random little facts about the film. Um, so, Robin Williams plays Adrian Cronauer. Um, oh. He never actually met him until after the film was oh. made because director didn't want him to take on any personality of him, he wanted him to do his own thing sort of thing. Yeah. Um, the plot isn't quite exact, um, basically. It's not really a plot. Yeah, he didn't really leave on bad terms, he left on quite good terms and it was just his contract ended really. And also like, yeah, he becomes like friends and he wants to try to date some woman. Yeah, all that wasn't really true. Wasn't it? No, it was more of a reflection on the times. Also, was it true about the person which blew at the schools? Uh, the bar? Yeah. Not well, is it? It's not really going into detail for how much of it was true and how much is not, but he he said that it's not quite what happened. Yeah, we'll get in touch with that um, in a minute. All the broadcasts that he does on the radio are ad-libbed, he makes them all up completely. I knew he did, because he, like, he can tell when he makes stuff up, like... Um, the guy who plays the sort of annoying lieutenant that doesn't oh, like him. Potter's trailer. 
He's in a very famous film called Godfather 2, which a lot of people consider one of the greatest films ever made. However, he says this is his favourite film oh. that, he made, that he's made. Um, he, there was going to be a sequel called Good Morning Chicago, because that's where he went to afterwards, but it never really went through. Um, and they can't even make it now. And Robin Williams, for the, all the extras and that, would do like stand-up shows for him. Just off the cuff. And even though a lot of them weren't English and couldn't speak it, um, they, because of how he was, he still laughed. Yeah, like, yeah. I've picked out these questions by hand. Yeah, so we do a quick fire round, don't we? Yeah, to somehow decipher your writing. <laughs> so, quick fire round. Scariest moment? Probably the bar blows up. Yeah, probably. Um, the aftermath of it. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Favourite character? It's a... If you're not... Right, I'm not going to pick Robin Williams' character. I'm going to say his friend. Yeah, I was going to say him. Edwin, Eddie Garrick. Yeah. I have... Saddest moment. The uh, ending. Yeah, or where he, he goes and confronts his Vietnamese friend. Yeah. Um, most iconic scene. Anywhere he says good morning Vietnam. Yeah. Good morning Good morning Vietnam. Like yeah, yeah. Dad, you should do it. Uh, which character would you do a spin-off with? Um, Probably friend. Yeah, I think that's the only one that's really good. Cool, um, would you recommend it? Yes. Well, obviously I did. So. Yes. If, if you've got young kids, no. I thought you were at the bottle right now. Does it, does it hold up? Yes. Yeah, I agree, because it doesn't rely on yeah. anything. Maybe some of the jokes, Who would you maybe? like to be friends with? Again, I would say his mate. Yeah. Maybe some of the jokes don't hold up and some of the stereotypes, maybe? Should they make a sequel? Yes. But no, Not now, but yes, at the time. I was quite interested to see the... I know why... And the final one, which is a really obvious answer, is funniest character. Robin Williams. Robin Williams in it, isn't it? I think this film holds up... Oh, there is a... Yeah, so we you want to start talking about the film, so go on. I think the film holds up slightly. I think maybe some of the jokes and some of the being these, like, stereotypes, you could say. Little bits, yeah, but I suppose... But I don't think it's that it's bad. It's difficult because... This is very difficult with stereotyping and inappropriate jokes and stuff. When it's... If you're telling the joke now, it's inappropriate. I think if you're telling it, if it's a representation of the time and it's something they would have said at the time, which yeah. it would have, yeah. then I'm not convinced it's as bad. Does that make sense? So it's the same with racism and sexism and stuff like that. If you're doing a, if, so it's like, you know, if you were doing a film set in the 13th century, you're going to say stuff, the characters are going to say stuff that, yeah. It's probably racist, etc., etc. Yeah. Doesn't mean the film was racist because it's got to it's got to be true to the life at the time because it's representing a time in history, yeah. which is what this is doing. So he would have made jokes like that at that time. Yeah. What did you think of the film, Dad? Um. So this is one. This is probably the film that I first saw Robin Williams in. Because you bear in mind that this came out before Mr. Doubtfire yeah. came out before Hawk. So would, would you say this blew up his career? So, Ron Williams, he started, he was a stand-up and he did bits and pieces on TV, but then he was in a TV program called Happy Days. Tickled him, um, It was like a sitcom where it was basically about a group of teenagers and this guy called, called Fonzie, <laughs> uh, who was like older, 
and he was there, he was like the cool guy that they got on with. And in it, um, Robin Williams played an alien called Mork, and um, it was like a one-off episode or two episodes maybe where he, him and Fonz interacted, and he was that popular where he did a spin-off series called Mork and Mindy where he lived with a woman called Mindy, and it was about him... Is it funny? Le- le- yeah, learning uh, about Earth. Again, some bits are inappropriate, but it's a t- it's a it's a sign of the time, so you can't really change. Yeah. Um, so that blew up his career. Yeah, massively. And then this, he did a few films before this. He did Popeye, which would be an interesting one to cover one year. Yeah, I've um, heard about that. Because it's a bit of a strange one. It's not as good as. Is he stuff It's on not it? as good as they probably wanted to be, and I don't think it's as bad as people think it is. And the problem is, he mumbles a lot in that film, so all this funny stuff, half of it, you don't understand. Mm. But this this was like a perfect yeah. showcase for his talent of just ad-libbing. Yeah. And off the back of this, obviously, he did a lot of stuff where they were just letting him riff and do... Yeah, because, like, I bet they probably had, like, OK, you have to say this, but like, he's like, nah. What I also packed, the reason I picked this film is because he's known as someone who's really funny. Yeah. And he's shown more in his later life that he could really act. What was the last one he did? Ooh, I think it's The Nightmare Museum 3. I think that's the last one that came out with him in. Yeah, because I know they've... I, I've watched all the Nightmare films many times and, like... Um, but to me, this film shows he can act. Yeah. He's Yes, he's got funny moments, but the bits where he's not being funny, he's acting really well. Yeah, we need to do a Nightmare Like, he won an Oscar, eventually, for Best Supporting Actor in a film. And he's really good in that film. He's amazing in that film. This is, in many ways, I think his acting in this is really good, like when... So, talking about film, basically, you get all this thing about this DJ, don't you? Yeah. And then you see this, like, what were you thinking when he does that first radio show? I knew it was about Robin Williams' charm in it. Mm. But it's the difference in him compared yeah. to the others, because the others are all like... Hello and welcome to the radio. Yeah. I mean, he's just like loud and over yeah. the top. And... Like you. Okay, cheers, mate. You're welcome. I haven't got anything to cheers with, but yeah. But then I, I, I like, I like, the, as much as that's funny, I like the other stuff, like the bit where, the bit afterwards, there's this Lieutenant Hawk, I think his name is, or Hawk, Hawk, I think his surname is, and he comes in, he's like the boss, and he's like, and what's this? You can't say this words and stuff like that. And then they talk about how the ex president's coming. And he starts going, so the VIPs, and he starts using all these like, swag, swag. like de- definitions. So the VIP is a PIP, and he's going to go with PC, PCP, and that using all these slang terms. But then <laughs> Robin Williams' yeah. character riffs off that and starts go- making like fun of it. And it's like loads of little moments like that, which I think are just as funny as his actual. Yeah. Um, and then he obviously there's a bit where he sees a woman that he likes. Yes. And he thinks he keeps seeing her, but it's different women which just are dressed very yeah. similar. And he then decides he's going to... Teach at school. Teach at school. Which yeah. leads you to, like, the spin-off part. Of, yeah. You think the main story is about his radio show, but it's actually the other bit that's the story, isn't it? Yeah. Because, um, like, you just touched on him before. He likes this girl and moves with the class, and it happens that her brother is in the class called Tw- Tuan, I think his name is. Yeah, Tuan, I don't know And um, he friends him to get with a girl basically yeah and take him to a bar and in this bar it's like a soldier's bar and they kick off because he's in there this vietnamese yeah. guy because certainly during the vietnamese war i like this so he then so then a little bit later this bar 
blows up and Robin Williams is kind of aging. Yeah, no, when he went, he's, he has like this party and then someone has like women with him and he like gets money out and stuff. It's really funny. Yeah. But then he goes back, I think, because he gets kicked out or something, doesn't he? Have, like, a yeah, job. they have a go on radio Because he try, I think he tries to like announce that more soldiers are coming. Because I know he's meant to follow the thing, and I remember one time he grabbed it and he ran and he tried to like announce. No, that's when he's, he's talking about the bomb. Yeah, well, I was, I was think he was trying, he was trying to mention. Yeah, because they had lit, they edit the news so he can only say certain stuff. Yeah, I think he was also meant to try and he was trying to mention more soldiers coming in, and like I love when it, like he's in the bar and he's, like, and it blows up like he because. Yeah, so Tom turns up and takes him out of the bar just in time. And then it blows up, which is what you were touching about a scary scene because it's quite dark, harrowing, and realistic. Yeah, Wouldn't there's you? all these dead people, and like there's a body on the floor, and like him and one of the other guys, like you can't just leave him on the floor. I know he's dead, but you can't just leave him in the middle of the street, so they move him somewhere safer out of the way and stuff. What do you say is the darkest film he's done? To this point, yes. Later on, there's worse. Are we gonna watch them? Uh, maybe at some point, but there's no rush to watch yeah. them. Good. We need to have Night of the Museum first. Because um, they're my favourite films. But then obviously he then goes back to his radio station having witnessed this explosion, all these people dying. Yeah. And he wants to talk about it, but he won't let him talk about it. Yeah. So he does it anyway. Yeah, which is like, like they're trying to hide it, yeah, but like, you did it in a public area. People are going to talk about it, so what's the way to hide it? Basically, the whole point is they're trying to not dishearten the troops. Yeah. But the thing is, like, the troops need to know what's happening. That's what made me think, yeah, because they were trying to stop it. So I thought the Americans were doing it to make the troops more angry, to make fight better. But also I thought it made the Beanies doing it because they want the Beanies to write against them. And they do write benches or writing against them. No, it's so that they just don't want to dishearten the troops. Yeah. And so, they, so they edit, they only make news that's like. Yeah, today, um, something's Non political. Because yeah. basically, a lot of people didn't agree with a war. Yeah. So anything that indicated that they didn't agree with the war, they didn't like to... Why why, why was the war forced? I can't remember what actually started it, but this is I, just... I want to probably say it was land properly. I can't remember what the exact thing would be. It was yeah. one of those wars that never actually needed to do. I it, do apologise, I probably should have known that. I've not learned about it in school. Um, so I hope you learn about it in school. But obviously from there... He then gets sacked. Not sacked, but suspended, basically. He can't go yeah. there. And he doesn't want to go back, does he? No. And is he going to class or somewhere? Albert, his mates, picks him up in his driving and trying to get him back on the air and takes him back. And when they go back, he purposely pulled where there's going to be a lot of traffic. And Oh, no, he gets stuck in traffic, didn't he? Yeah. And because this guy is, like, disheartened yeah. and doesn't want to go back on the radio, even though there's loads of people, like, wrote in letters and basically said, get him back on the air. Yeah, like... He basically yeah. tells all the troops that are in these vans, because there's like a, a broken down vehicle, so they're stuck in traffic, who's in fact Adrian Cronauer's in the car with him, and Adrian Cronauer then perf does like yeah. a, a live radio show as such. Yeah. And I think the whole point of that is to show the effect that he's having on these troops yeah. in person, one-to-one. -one. Yeah. So he's doing it, it's like, as I was it's like us doing this podcast, we don't know if people enjoy it, because we don't <laughs> see them listening to it. Yeah. Yeah. But the thing is like, you want to have, like, this is, if I'm not saying it, if we ever go to war, yes, you need to worry about, like, tactic, food and stuff, but you also need to worry about troops, because when you think, like, this is something I remember in history, the reason the revolution, um, Bush's revolution happened was because they didn't want to fight in the war. So you need to make sure troops are happy. 
Yeah, so essentially the problem here was, so like, then what happens is that... Revolution. It becomes apparent that... So, yeah. the person that's above the lieutenant sergeant, Major Dickinson, doesn't I like him either. I want to punch him in the face. He basically sends him out to do some, like, interviews. Yeah. And send him down an area that isn't safe, knowing that it's not safe, and he gets blown off the road. He's safe, but he's in the jungle, and his friend Tuan hears that he's there, because he's not turned up to the English class finds out that he's there so he goes and helps and rescues him and then they discover and then they get picked up by some a helicopter yeah. and obviously because he's in the helicopter with them they then run his name and find out that he's actually um, part of like the, basically he's responsible for a lot of explosions yeah the film starts like very like not happy but sort of like some car but then at the end like you see like people get shot you see people getting like his two friends and like the end scene i would say is probably the most emotional scene i've seen robin williams and yeah where he's trying to talk to one and he's like my friend's got shot and and it's like yeah basically twants us out so from a vietnamese point these people are coming to their country and they're killing people so why shouldn't he do it back is what he's yeah, saying why shouldn't he you know, he's seen, he's seen his brother died and his neighbor died and his is it his mum or his dad dies, someone like that, he says. Yeah. And then... Um, I'm going to say that's one of the most emotional scenes I've seen Robin Williams do in the films I've seen. I thought in night when you see him when he, when he does a speech. No, this is, this is what I'm saying, this is why I picked this film, because I thought, you've seen yeah. Hook, you've seen him in Aladdin, you've seen him in Jumanji, you've seen him in... Do you know what I mean? You've seen Mrs. Doubtfire. You've yeah. seen him in these where he's playing a funny character or he's got and yes he's playing funny in this but this is a this isn't a comedy no this is definitely serious it's a drama but it's, I'm not, I'll tell you it's funny and there is proper laugh out loud yeah. and hilarious moments but we're sat here now talking about all the serious stuff we're not really talking about the funny stuff yeah necessarily because it's the it's not a scene where he has to wake up yeah and sometimes wake him up yeah thing is that's me that's me in the bed, and then you trying to wake me up. You know, I wake up very early at mum's, and I'm used to it, but here I will don't have to drag me out of bed. Thanks, Dad. I don't need sleep. I quite like the bit where he goes on a date, and she brings, like, it's all fa- yeah. half a village with her because it's, like, a chaperone. And he takes them all to the market and stuff, and buys them all stuff, and takes them to the cinema. And yeah. I like when, like, near the end, because he promised to teach them baseball, he teaches them baseball. I like that. Well, some of the, it's going on to funny characters. I know he's like the obvious one, but um, and so and his mates quite funny. But some of the people in the classroom are funny as well. Yeah. Like so, when he's like playing he's baseball, one of them's going, "This isn't a real baseball." He goes, "I know, but this is all I could do because they're using like watermelons, aren't they?" Like, oh, melons. Yeah. Said, yeah melons. But this isn't a proper one. He's like, "I know, but this is the best I can do." I'm trying to teach you it, and it's like last minute, and I haven't really got the stuff because I'm getting flown out. It's quite good our soldiers, but uh, taking him to the airport to escort him off. I'll play him. But also get involved and play with him, play the game as well. Yeah. What um? So did you expect? I take it you didn't expect it to go the way it did. You thought obviously it's going to be one of those comedy films. And mm, um, you do, I At what mean, point did you realise it was different? Because I knew you said that he's done some dark films, and when you said this one's about a war, and so I was like, this is probably a dark film. But I think it's when you first see, like, you hear about death, you hear about all the troops coming, and then you see all the troops coming in, and it's like, yeah, this is good. Was it when the bar blew up as well? 
No, I think it was when like you hear about the troops coming. I was like, okay, this can be a Did you get that his mate was involved in that? Was it? Like, because his mate, the Vietnamese lad. Yeah, yeah, I knew he was getting involved. Did you did you realize what what point did you realize he was involved? Prob because I don't remember how he figured out where he was. How did he figure out when he, he capsized off the jeep? Yeah. Because he went to the army barracks and that's where he was, didn't he? And he said, "Oh." He's been lost. He's on a trip to so and so. I think that's when he realised it. I he think knows what's it, going on in that area. I think it snapped to me. It was him when you see his friends, when like they tell you. But I think before it, I was like, if if his people are dying, and I was like, and say there is someone being these, and then would it not be him? But I was like, they can't be him because he's like super obvious. But then that's why. So yeah. I don't remember when I was younger if, if I realised until it was the same as you. I don't think I realised until it, they tell you in the film. Yeah, like it's not... Even though when you rewatch it now, it's kind of quite obvious because his mate literally pulls him out just as the place blows up. Yeah, which could be an acquaintance. Yeah, but... But then it's like... I think that might be the scene when I think... I think after long, like, wait, he got Dragon's bar, like, it's exploded. How did he... Because he... I think he was there a bit longer than before the bomb explodes. He got out exactly the time the bomb went off. Mm. So did he set off the bomb straight after? No, but he knew when it was going to go off. Hence why he was rushing to get him out of there. Yeah. So anything else you want to talk about the film? No. So rate it? Yeah, I'm going to... This is a tricky one to rate. I think it is. Wait, I'm going to... I can't think. I don't know. I'm going to have to give it to you first, because I cannot... No, 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 it's always you first. I'm going to have to give this a five. Oh, yeah? Yeah. I wasn't sure if you'd do that. What, are you going to give it? I don't think it's a five. Don't you? No, I think it's close. I think it's a five just because it delivers a message about how useless balls are just useless times. I feel like it's got... What are you going to give it? I'm going to probably give it, I'm giving it a 4.5. Which gives it a 4.75 overall, so it's incredibly high. Yeah. We need to review some more, like, Night Museum films, I think, because they're one of his most recent ones. And I would want, I would argue, say, it's one of, it's, it shows how good he was before he passed away. Um, so that puts it. Puts it really high, so it puts it sort of joint eleventh. Considering we've got seven five star films, it's interesting. So the five star films, just for the listeners, are Chef, Hot Fuzz, Mrs. Doubtfire, Muppets Christmas Carol, Remember the Titans, Terminator Two, and Who Framed Roger Rabbit. And what I'm saying is, I don't think this is quite as good as them. After that, we've got like. Two of the Lord of, well, three of the Lord of the Rings films. And, and then, Iron Giant, which you said... And then Prince, Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves and Good Morning Vietnam are the same. Which is quite interesting, that's how. Yeah. You've, and we've got Uncle Buck, so it's kind of quite a high little yeah. group there. Um, I would say it's very close to being perfect. I just think... It's not... If it's, I wouldn't say it's perfect. I don't, I don't know what would make it better, because not, not always things can be improved, but I just don't think it's a five-star film in my eyes. Yeah. 
Um, maybe some of the jokes, like you say, are inappropriate now. I just, I just, I don't mind that joke. I think it, but that doesn't bother me too much because I think there's enough to, no. It's, but I do think it's incredibly close. And yeah. I can see why you give it five stars. But I feel like, especially I, as it's probably the most serious film we've watched. Yeah, I feel like it gives a good message, mm -hmm. and that's why I think it was. I think okay, the story's a four point five, but I think it gives a great message. It's our highest ranking film from that year. Yeah, that's why I think it gives a nice message, Dad. So that's why I picked five. Princess Bride is from that year, and that's not far off it. It's good. Will we be on Princess Bride? We are meant to be. We might be re-reviewing it, yes, with a special guest, but we'll talk about it when it happens. Um. So yeah, you want to talk about Robin Williams for a little bit before? We I go? honestly, like recently, I've watched we watched some of his most recent films, mm -hmm. and he again he was perfect in them. So yes, for li newer listeners, we are huge Robin Williams fans. Yes. I've always been. Yeah. And what's quite interesting is you find it just as. Good. Yeah. There was actually a moment where you turned around to your mum and said, I want to watch Mrs. Delphi, and you, apparently she messaged, she messaged me. I don't know if she said it to you, she goes, you're going to love what Harry's just asked. Wait, when was it? to watch Mrs. Delphi. Was it when I was younger? I think it's not long before we... I, found. I think the first one... It was one of the reasons hmm. we... It was one of the first ones we did because of that. I think the film which I remember, which had a moment, was probably Nightmare Seams. Yeah, yeah. I grew up with them. Hmm. And, like, I remember when I watched him, he said... There was this one scene, and it, this is a bit of a spoiler if you've not seen the film, but Watson, he's like, the key to happiness, and he says the character's name, mm -hmm. and then he freaks, they freeze when it's daytime, and you don't know what it means, and I feel like that's a great, because that would be like his last film, it's like a great message, and that's what I'm like, that's what I think. He does a, there's an awful lot of things he says in films that are great. Yeah. I've touched on, like in Mrs. Doubtfire, the scene where he's in the in the courtroom and he's arguing his case and he says yeah. that he, he's addicted to his children and he can't breathe without them. I that always hits home with me. Um, yeah. Yeah, it's it's a... We should do Robin Williams a month. You could do, but I like the fact we do one Robin yeah. Williams film a year. Unless well, someone, a guest requested one. What will the next one be? Next year, I don't know, we'll see. I think it should be next year. Maybe, Maybe what we should theoretically do is do one poster of the year. Yep, that's true. So I've got a Rob Williams image, which we'll probably get tweeted at when we do this. Um, You've got Flubber and the Red News, I don't know. Patch Adams. That's another quite serious but funny film along the similar lines to this. You've got, of course, the night we see him. So, hang on. Let me just, so we got Fatty Children from is that the only animated film he's done? No, Aladdin. Oh. Oh, Robots. He's in Robots as well. He's really good in Robots. Which one? Robots. That's, that's what the film's called. Oh, wait. Um, wait, he was in um, what? He was in Aladdin? Aladdin, yeah, he's the genie. Oh, is he? Yes. Oh, yes. Uh, yeah. Um, you can't really see it because Dad's leg is blocking yeah. it. Dad, you need to move and it now. Do you know what we could fit if we did a month next maybe next year we'll do a month. You need to move that picture so it's obvious. And because I think you could do an animated one, you could do a serious one, a funny one, and then you could do pick pick one in night yeah. night the museums. I think we need to move that poster. How about that next yeah. July? Yeah. We'll do we'll switch to it. We'll switch it and July one day will be become Robin Williams month. Yeah, we need to move that poster. It's more obvious. You block it with your expensive Lego. Okay. Well, I'll 
I think we should all put a petition for Dad to me to so, do something. We'll move on to our next section, which is a new section, which is we the quiz challenge. Get get a question on the block at bottom, block bottom to block it. So this is where we get. Oh, I need to get the score chart on. So I think quiz, I'm winning. Quiz challenges and it's currently five three to me. So if I get a question right, how many have you got? I get a point. If I get it wrong, wait, how many have I got, Dad? Sorry. How many have I points have I got? You've got three, I've got five, so I'm winning. So basically, if I get it wrong, you get a point. If I get it right, I get a point, obviously. Mm. Um, due to how it's dyslexia, I tend to read them out, but I can't see the answers. Um, yeah, and if, I, if you get it wrong. We are thinking about doing Disney ones, which we can both have a competition with. I've ordered them. Oh, are they just Disney or the Pixar too? Both, I think. Oh, you're going down with the Pixar ones, Dad. Um, who was the female buddy who starred alongside Gina Davis and Thelma and Louise? Right. I don't know which way around they are, Thelma and Louise, but if it's... The actress, it's Susan Saradon. So I'm hoping that's the answer. Okay? Okay. Susan Saradon. I think that's how you say it, certainly. Yeah, one point for you. The Gong Man or Mama the Gong is the trademark of which film company? Oh, top rank, maybe? I don't know, it's JR for rank organisation. I was closer, wasn't I? Nope, you're not getting a point. I, I'll give it, yeah, you get the point, but I see how close I was, and do you know why? Because. Nanny Bertie used to work for top rank. Oh, You've got six now and I've got four. Four. I'm getting close. Which nice singer's actor real name is Christine Pandit Bongi. Christina Pandit Bongi, which nice English actor's real name. I think I'm winning this. Do you know? Do you no, I don't. Um, Do you surrender? All your points. I can't, no. Surfing Kings are here, of course it is. Um, who played Feline Bombalina in the 2019 film Musical Cats? Now, I've not seen the film. Apparently it's really bad. Yeah. There's a few different characters in it, but so it's female, feline. Mm. Doesn't mean feline's also a cat, so... Mm. Good um, I'm just going to go with it's a female. Um, I'm going to say Taylor Swift. Taylor Swift it is. <laughs> Just going to know she's in it. I've got loads now. You've got five, I've got seven. I'm not getting his pen back now. You haven't got the right for the pen. So, five, seven. See what it is when we, by the end of this month. And oh yeah, I'm going to destroy that Disney if that's Pixar ones. The first episode we record for September will find them. We'll have a Disney one so we can use the Disney ones for that. Slash Pixar. You're going down. Down, I said. So, we always do like a little bit of a question before. Obviously, Robin Williams in Good Morning Vietnam plays a radio DJ. And I, so I thought a playoff that would be you can do a podcast with two film characters. Who would you do it with and why? And you can go first. Miss Doubtfire. Okay, why? Just because it'd be really funny. Because of all the voices and stuff. And yeah. Okay, fair enough. Your second one? Um, I've been tr it's been tricky to think of a second one mm -hmm. because having Miss Delphi is just like perfect. Okay. So I'm trying. Can I have twins? No. What does Saxon height? No, it's got to be one other person. <laughs> okay, who's your first one? Um. See now, I would have Johnny Five in this. 
Oh. You can't steal. You can't steal mine because that's the problem. You know, having mine because just so you've got someone who can give you all the information that you need, it could be like the facts because you'd be able to read it all and memorize it all. And the other one's really clever, so I'm not giving you. <laughs> I don't know. I was trying to think of a perfect one, which could match Mrs. Doubtfire. <laughs> Why can't you have Mrs. Doubtfire? I'll be sick. You can, if you're just going, you're just going I'm, look, I'm just going to think because I'm looking at the wall here, just because. You have a, a few hours to think of it. Yes, but I've never been. I've not been able to think of a perfect person to match Mrs. Doubtfire. Um. Would be elf. <gasps> yeah, but I want someone that's like smart too. Like, I'll take Johnny Five from the second film. I'm joking. Um, who's a smart character, which isn't, which isn't Johnny Five? I was gonna say Iron Giant, but he would not be able to speak into my. <laughs> um, who is a smart character from the film Doc? You're going with Doc Brown? Yeah. Why? Because he's funny. He can be like funny, so I can be very smart. Okay. So, I'm having him as well. But the reason is different. I, now I've got Chase Mac. Like, no, no, you can have him. But the reason is different. Why? My reason is, he'd be really good at, as a character in it, because like you say, he's funny and stuff like that, and he's smart. But what you could actually do with this podcast is he could take you back to the day the film was released. And you could watch it in a cinema with an audience. Oh my god, that's so true! So, how good that? So, in that case, you could have Bill and Ted, Bill or Ted, to do the same. Yeah, the thing is, though, yeah, you can't take the microphone with you. No, but you could go watch the thing and come back and record it. Back in the days, so would you could watch it at the cinema with an audience. Back when the films were black and white, Dad. Well, no, these wouldn't be black and white, would they? But, do you mean, you like, but imagine, like, going to watch. Um, like Wizard of Oz, Star at Wars. the cinema for the first time, or Star Wars, or even Mrs. Doubtfire. Do you know what I mean like watch these films for the first time with an audience for the first day of release? It would be amazing, wouldn't it? Yeah, why have you got futuristic clothes? Um, you just wear a top hat, you'd be set. Shorts and t-shirt or jeans or something, you'd be fine. Dad, when you, when you were born, did you watch a lot of black and white films? I have seen black and white films, but no, I haven't watched a lot of them. There was colour TV for that. Okay, I believe you. But it wasn't as many TVs, you wouldn't have as many as you've got now. And we were like, not well off family, but we had, we weren't poor, my mum and dad, when I grew up, when I was your age. So when I was younger, you wouldn't have, so like, you've got, we've got a TV in the front room, I've got a TV in my bedroom, you've got a TV in your bedroom, and Oliver's got a TV in the bedroom. That wouldn't really be a common thing. You'd have a better TV downstairs and the front room would not be it. Did you have dial-up, Dad? When you no, I don't think I ever did. I only think I ever had broadband. Dial-up existed, came out when I was, like, your Auntie Lisa had it, but I had, so we had, I remember my mum and dad bought a TV, a new TV, so we all from downstairs went in my mum and dad's bedroom. We had a little TV in the kitchen, and then me and Auntie Lisa got TVs for Christmas one year and we were like some of the first kids I knew that had TVs in their bedrooms. Yeah, because I remember like, I heard that if you, if you were someone's using like a call then you could interrupt the calls and listen in. On the internet, yeah. No, oh yeah, so. Did you ever with, do that to Lisa? With the house phone, if you were listening to the phone downstairs 
and there was another phone in my hand, she could pick it up. And did you ever do that? Probably as a joke, but not like actually listen to the conversation. Probably like picking up one or something that as a kid would do. <laughs> thinking it's way funnier than it actually was. Just screams at the thing, yeah. just hangs up. But yeah, so that's the show for this week. So you would, you'd have Doc Brown and Mr. Doc Fight, and I would have Johnny Five and Doc Brown. And goodbye. Yep. In hindsight, Buddy the Elf would have been really cool instead of as a choice instead of um, Johnny Five, just because he'd been quite enthusiastic about him. Yeah. Um. So thank you for listening. Keep um, listening. Um. Our anniversary month comes up in August, where we are doing sequels to films we've already watched. And goodbye for you now. <laughs> yeah, and uh, like and subscribe wherever you listen to this or watch it. Mug. Buy merchandise. merchandise I haven't got any merchandise on because I don't get I get into my own pajamas. Because um, I'm lazy. And yeah, on buy mugs. Thanks a lot, everyone. Bye bye now. Bye bye. Goodbye, podcast rehearsals. world. So that wasn't rehearsed very well at all. Yeah, we no. Dad, we That's don't. Dad, we don't rehearse at all. Bye bye.